And if you do have a potluck, I would like it to be all recipes of shit that was made in like the 60s for suburban housewives, like meat salads uh-huh. and fucking stuff with a lot of cream sauce on it. And sure. Like casseroles. That's funny to me. Okay. If everybody's drinking like martinis and like doing it, and then they do a key swap so everybody goes fucks their neighbor, that is a suitable <laughs> end to my uh, my life. Yeah. All right. I will I will work with Dana to see that come to because I I like that idea. Yeah, I mean we're fun. Well, see that, that that way everybody's having fun, and maybe she hooks up with somebody that's like Charlie Hunnam with a great big dick and a lot yeah. of money. And at the end, everyone's like, "Why are we? Why am I fucking my buddy's wife?" Uh, oh, because Don Hall died. Oh, that's because, right. That's exactly- I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. The Literate Apecast is not responsible for triggering your PTSD because we are warning you right now that we might. If coarse language or base stupidity from two white guys is not your jam, look elsewhere for your workout podcast. So uh, you you sent me uh, a link and I read it. I can't wait to die. Yeah, it's, it's gonna called, be so uh, much fun. The title is in the Washington Post. The title is "The Funeral as We Know It Is Becoming a Relic," just in time for a death boom. Yeah, I just want to read. I just want to read a little bit about this. I just want to read it. Death is a given, but not the time-honored rituals. An increasingly secular, nomadic, and casual America is shredding the rules about how to commemorate death. And it's not just among the wealthy and famous, although I will argue with you about that. Yeah. Somber, embalmed body funerals with their $9,000 industry average price tag are for many families a relic. Instead, end-of-life ceremonies are being personalized. Golf course cocktail send-offs, backyard potluck memorials, more Sinatra and Clapton, less Ave Maria, more Hawaiian shirts, fewer dark suits. Families want to put the fun in funerals. <laughs> now, it does get into Copyright. the dark part. Yeah, I know. The dark part of it is the movement, it says the movement will only accelerate as the nation approaches a historic spike in deaths, <laughs> baby boomers, despite strenuous efforts to stall the aging process, are not getting any younger. In 2030, people over 65 will outnumber children, and by 2037, 3.6 million people are projected to die in the United States, according to the Census Bureau, 1 million more than in 2015, which is projected to outpace the gross growth of the overall population. So... That got you to thinking about uh, death and funerals and the fun in funerals. Yeah, hey, hey. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I've been to a good handful of funerals. You haven't been to any, right? I've been You've to been two. Two. I've been to two funerals in my lifetime. Okay. My two funerals were, because I managed to not go to any funerals in my lifetime until my grandma Betty died, mm-hmm. and then my mom really... I mean, she was having some issues. It was her mother. And so Joe Janes and I drove out right. as a friend. You know, he's like, okay, I'll go to your grandma's funeral because you need somebody to drive with you. And they're so, fun, apparently. Well, no, I wouldn't say this was a fun thing, but, you know, it's like, okay, so we did that. And then uh, Dana's grandfather mm-hmm. passed on. That was my only open casket uh, mm. funeral I've ever been to, which I found 
amazingly creepy, but understood. I, I mean, uh, I kind of yeah. understood. I kind of understood the the idea behind it, but it's just you know, I, it, the thing about it is, I didn't know the man personally, yeah. not well. Um, so the fact that I saw him looking like a wax figure, yeah. given that I love wax museums, I, know, I was going to say, but you love wax museums. Yeah, it kind of, it kind of, you know. But it was, you know, it was. I wanted to be there for my wife. I wanted to be there for her family. Yeah, and I think I, I think I did all right. You know, I, I didn't act like an asshole, and I didn't go, oh, I hate funerals. This is crazy. And knock things over. I didn't do that right. shit. <laughs> right. You know, I tried That's to be good. supportive. I tried to be supportive. You contained and, uh, yourself. That's good. I did, you know, yeah. I did, you know. Yeah. So those are my two funerals, but you've been to a lot. Yeah, and I the last one, was it the last one I was at? I guess no. Well, shit, I've been to The last one that's in, of any I, I don't know. I was going to say of any remarkable mention, which isn't fair or true. Um but the one that's sticking out to me right now is because it was the, the in the story they talk about the Hawaiian shirts, you know, and all that was my uncle Ken um, who at CTE, um, central entrophology, the, the concussion disease that football players sure. and hockey players get. He was a hockey player. Um, and he, he hung himself, um, which is terribly sad. Okay. But we go there to the funeral and there's like, it just weirds me out. And I get that everybody grieves in their own way, but it just weirds me out when there's people wearing like bears jerseys and that like his brother was there and like a, baseball hat a t-shirt it's like i, I don't i don't know it, it just it's I, it just seems inappropriate but that's my shit right like everybody has their own way well, of doing it the, and the thing about it is is i, I loved it. one of my things that i that i loved it's one of my favorite shows that i ever saw and i think it was a crowning achievement and it makes me sad that they keep bringing back for hbo things like sopranos and they don't i don't see this brought back as six feet under I thought Six Feet Under was one of the best fucking shows ever. And one of the things in the very first episode, and that's kind of what carried me through, was this idea that in Nate, the the, the oldest son, Mm -hmm. shows up, just doesn't understand why, like he taught, there's this whole thread of these Italian women you know, and they're in black, yeah. and they and they're just screaming and wailing, and that's what they're doing. And then there's this whole thing with Michael C. Hall about you know the the idea of how it and it, it what it occurs to me is is that we are you know funerals probably more than anything else is that funerals are um, predicated on what I'm calling the tyranny of the least tolerant. The tyranny of the least tolerant. Okay, expand. So basically, all right, so in modern society, the tyranny of the least tolerant is, okay, we can't smoke in buildings. And and I'm not getting into the health benefits or anything, but we can't smoke in buildings because the least tolerant people are uncomfortable with it. Okay. Gotcha. Then, then we can't smoke within 15 feet of the opening (laughs) of the door because those same least tolerant people are are like well i can smell it when i'm sitting here when they're right in front of the door mm-hmm. then you can't smoke in parks because the least tolerant can smell it and then if you show up and you in your clothes smell like smoke they are offended because they are least tolerant and that, so that is my definition of the tyranny okay. of the least tolerant is Makes that sense. as a, as a society those who are the most offended or the most uh, aggrieved by something, they kind of insist 
that their lack of tolerance for certain things be respected above all. Yeah. And when you look at, again, going back to funerals, is everybody's got their method of grief. Everybody's right. got the way they, they paint. Well, wearing a Hawaiian shirt, if your mother died and you are, you're so aggrieved that... You can't focus on your grief about your grandmother. You're going to focus that rage of the unfairness of death at the person wearing the Hawaiian shirt is that all funerals have become sort of patent. You know, they're patent pending. They're all sort of homogenized. Yeah. Because we don't want to offend the tyranny of the least tolerant. Yeah. And I I mean, I don't hold any... That, that's my personal shit, right? Because I'm like... Come on, a baseball, but whatever. It's his brother. It's his thing. That's their stuff. I was wearing a, probably a gray suit, but that's that's how I roll. Because that's that's standard, and that's fine. And, that's, and that he probably looked the... at me like, "Who's the Jew kid in the suit?" You know, I don't know. I don't care. Yeah. Um, I, people will say that at my funeral, I want everyone to drink, and I don't want any crying. I want to, you know, laugh, tell stories, and celebrate my life. And that's all well and good, but for me, I want people to cry. I want it to be sad that oh, I'm so no you, longer here. So, so you want people to be weeping and that you want the you want me to be like an old Italian woman, wear black, yes. and pound my fists on your coffin and bang my head <laughs> and weep and like maybe punch a couple of my teeth out yeah. and, my, and and be so over that I actually have an aneurysm and a heart attack <laughs> at the same time from my overwhelming grief at your death. Yes, but you could do that in a Hawaiian shirt. You don't have to be in a in all black. You can do it in a Hawaiian shirt. That's cool. But Why I want would I their- ever wear a Hawaiian. I don't wear Hawaiian shirts anyway. I no, I and that's why we're friends. That so would, reason, would that I be reason alone. Required to wear a Hawaiian shirt. No, no. In fact, I might add, if anybody wears a Hawaiian shirt to my funeral, kick them out because if you wear a Hawaiian okay. shirt, you're not to be trusted. I, oh, I don't, okay. I've never heard. Unless you're, you're in Hawaii and you're an actual local, you know, like it just. I don't know okay. Hawaiian shirts That's, because Hawaiian shirts are such like a middle aged, boring white guy well, thing unless, to do. Unless you're Hunter S. Thompson. Right. Or you're my wife. Because she, she wears a Hawaiian shirt well. See, this is just the thing, is that nothing, no rule is absolute. That's also right? true. There are certain people that can do certain things that can pull it off. Can get know? away with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, Hunter S. Thompson could wear a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, but well, I mean, that, that, that's sort of his branding. Yeah. You know, it's well, you know, it's like it's that's, that's just one of those things. And that's he did it as a brands. buck to journalism because at the time that he was coming up in journalism, all the journalists yeah. were buttoned up and buttoned ties up and, and the horned yeah. glasses and he was like, "Nah, fuck you. I'm in a Hawaiian shirt and tiny and shorts a visor. And, a, and a visor and a cigarette and holder a, and yeah." Yeah. I'm here to write. I'm not here to impress you with my homogenized look. But yeah, have you ever have you ever thought about your funeral? Like what would you want oh, yeah. to do? How would what would your funeral what would your funeral well, for, be? For a long time, my mom and I, and my mom and I actually uh, had it written up and typed out, and we signed it. I mean, at this point, we've kind of gone past that because yeah. it's like, yeah, I mean, this was God Christ twenty years ago. But one of the things that I, my mom wanted was for her funeral was that there would be a banquet and there would be every waiter would be an Elvis impersonator, <laughs> you know, and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, I want to have uh, all Beatles impersonators doing my thing and all that kind of <laughs> and I want everybody to have to wear a t-shirt with my face on it of me taking a shit like, okay you know just like embarrassed taking a shit you know I, all this bullshit yeah 
And that was funny at the time when neither one of us thought we were ever going to die. <laughs> right. You know, and we were just convinced. Because you were in your thirties, your mom was what in her twenties yeah, then. Point. You know, but uh, yeah. So ultimately, <laughs> that 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 went by the wayside. Yeah. Um, and what I've told Dana that I think would be fun. Again, this thing about it is it doesn't fucking matter what I want because I'm going to be dead. Right. So my voice will no longer, for once in my existence on the planet, my opinion won't fucking count for shit. And you know, so what I've told Dana, what I would love is I want to be, I, I want to, first of all, spend as little fucking money on this shit as possible. Yeah. So I don't really need a party. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm dead. I don't give a shit. So it's really whatever Dana wants. Mm-hmm. You know, what does she want to do to sort of deal with her, you know, passing is, all right, Don's gone. And if what she wants to do is make a giant six foot tall pinata of Don Hall and have Ooh. everybody run around and start smacking the shit out of it, that's her business. I don't give a shit. What kind of candy would be in the Don Hall pinata? <laughs> like the candy she had for my 50th birthday, which is like penis shaped. Ew, so not like anything good like Tootsie Rolls or Circus Peanuts? I don't know, maybe Circus Peanuts, you know, whatever. But what I, my joke is, what I would love is cremate me. And I mean, when I say cremate me, don't spend $5,000 cremate me. Like, stick me in a fucking industrial oven, cremate me in a bag. I don't give a shit how, but don't spend any money, but cremate yeah, me. Yeah, that's a cheap way to do it, yeah. Then take the ashes, fill my trumpet with it. <laughs> with my ashes God. you know like solder it off yeah. and make a fucking lamp out of it and then take that tr- ash filled trumpet lamp and go sell it at the at like the the shittiest swap meet you can find <laughs> because then I will get to travel to the worst and tackiest homes for the next 100 years yeah because the only people that would buy a fucking <laughs> trumpet lamp are the dregs of taste. And how much fun would that be to be in their homes lighting their reading of Reader's Digest? This yeah. is awesome. See, <clears throat> I, I, I agree with you on the it's it's not for the dead person because they're they're dead. They're fucking dead. You know, it's for the rest of us grieving. But here's so here's the thing though is that when my buddy Ziegler died. <sighs> One could argue that his corporate job helped usher in his alcoholic relapse, which drove to his was immediately connected to his 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 death, his accidental death. Sure. His memorial service, because his dad had him cremated, his memorial service was held at this grand um, a mega church. Ziegler was not a religious guy at all. He had been going to this mega church like once or twice with his girlfriend he was like trying shit out because he was just trying to find his place post booze you know just trying to find his he's like all right this is important to her i'll give it a go and see what happens but he was like he was in no way connected to this place but this this memorial service was put on by his co-workers at this mega church and it was like just the weirdest corporatized like, yeah. it was just, it was, it was odd and uncomfortable. And it's like, okay, this is, is that for what them. his dad wanted. Is that what his dad wanted? His dad is such a, a, a dumb dumb that I don't think his dad had thought about it or knew his well, son said, well enough. 
That's the thing, and and I, I think there's I think there's something uh, to be said that when you are in that state of like shock that yeah. someone has died, and the thing about it is even if they've been dying for a long time and they finally pass on, yeah. you get you get a little bit better grip on it because you have more time to kind of process, right? It. But um, you know, it, it it that gives you time to kind of deal with it. When somebody dies accidentally or right away, you don't really have the bandwidth to kind of deal with it. So you're going to go with whatever is the easiest. Right. Probably be sold on this funeral idea, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and he didn't, and he lived out of out of state, you know, so he didn't have to deal with it. It was all done for him, and that was, I mean, it, it made sense, I guess, but it just it it left such a weird, yeah, taste in my mouth, you know. And he was cremated. Now his ashes are at his parents' house. Even though his parents are divorced, they still live together in the dirtiest yeah. house that reeks of bleach. And it's like it just it's, is there a tr- is there a trumpet lamp there? No, I'm not even sure they have a lamp lamp. Well, then they need a trumpet lamp filled with my fucking. That ashes. would be the place for the trumpet lamp. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just you know. See, I still think that for my funeral, I want. Like I, I mean, obviously, people are gonna have fun. they're gonna tell f- stories and there's gonna be laughter because that's what happens. That's what you do. But I, I do want people to weep because I want there to be a hole in life when I'm gone. I want to have some kind of impact where, you know, t- time heals all wounds, and I don't want you know my son or my wife weeping for the rest of their lives, you know, missing me. But I want there to be a sense of missing and. Oh, see, I, I don't want anybody to miss me. I want, and it's not that I'm, you know, like, oh, I'm going to be a big dick in my life so that everybody thinks, finally, Scrooge is passed the fuck on. Yeah. Great, let's take his fucking candelabra. I'm not really, into, <laughs> I'm not really into that shit. But, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, yeah, I'm sure that there will be people that miss me. But, you know, it's like, Dana, man, I hope she's fucking dating three days after I'm gone. Really? Yeah. What the fuck do I care? I want her to be happy. But you hope. You just... No, I don't hope fucking... This isn't well, you, always... You just said I, I hope this she's dating fucking, three guys or this, dating this, three well, days this, after this me. Isn't, this isn't fucking uh, Steven Spielberg's always where uh, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus dies and comes back and watches her and tries to get her to, and then resists her dating. It's like, I'm not, I'm not coming back as a fucking ghost. Right. You know, it's like, I'll die. Whatever happens to me happens to me. For Christ's sake, I would, I'm not a religious man, but I would really love to fucking hope that whatever happens to me when I'm finally dead removes me from the cares of earthly bullshit. Yeah, that would be nice. Jealousy, I would hate to be a ghost dealing with jealousy. Yeah. Well, it's, 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 it's like, are we, okay, if, if you die and you're still as arrogant and self-centered yeah. and self-important as you were in life, fuck, what was the point? Right. Yeah, so if, I just if I'm dead and I, I still have to worry about everything, like, fuck off. How, how can I? Can ghosts kill themselves? Yeah, what a goddamn waste of my time. Yeah. So it's it's like I want Dana to to maybe not three days after I'm dead, but I you know I want I there doesn't have to be like oh a year of mourning. That's up to her. Yeah. But ultimately, I want her to be happy. Now, sure. My belief is I'm fucking outliving all you motherfuckers. Right. And so. I just get to deal with my grief. And the thing about it is my form of grief tends to be inappropriate. Yeah. Mine on the outside, mine is. But then like when I'm by myself, that's when I, that's when I deal with 
the loss and the missing and whatever else. But well, I do things like okay, as an example, a couple years ago, very good friend of mine, Ken Manthe, mm-hmm. and that was fucking weird. I mean, I think I told you about yeah. this. And yeah. I wrote a piece for the Ape about it. Yep. But what was weird about it was it was kind of out of the blue. I'd had lunch with him at uh, Smoke Daddy, mm-hmm. maybe. Three weeks before, he'd just gotten back from a big trip at Disney. And, uh, you know, and he was an older guy. It wasn't like he was ancient, but he was, you know, a little bit older than I was. And uh, so we had this great conversation about Disney and all this kind of stuff. I said, okay, we're going to hang out. Let's hang out. And then, like, three weeks later, I get a phone call from him saying, yeah, I got to go to the doctor. And it's in, uh, like, Naperville or someplace. And they were not, they're going to, you know, pump me full of bullshit. And I, they won't let me drive after. So would you be able to come and pick me up? I said, yeah, just let me know when that is. And I'll, I'll just fucking, I'll, I said, I'll drive you there, whatever. So just let me know. Well, he didn't let me know. And then I see online. He didn't call me. I see online that Ken Manthe is, is dying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just like like somebody's going, oh, poor Ken Minton. I'm like, what the what hell? What the fuck? Yeah. So I call him, and he basically, you know, he, he went to the doctor, and he was riddled with cancer. I yeah. mean, just like his whole body was like a sack of fucking cancer. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, well, God damn it. I said, what's, I mean, huh? you know, and he said, well, they're telling me that I've, you know, I've got about two weeks. Jesus and I said, Christ. I, I said, holy shit. I said, well, fuck off, dude. I said, I can't believe that. I said, uh, I said, okay. And, and at the time, I couldn't. There was just no way for me to get I mean, I would have dropped everything if I could, but there was just no way for me to drop the ball on a bunch of stuff. I said, and this was like a, a Friday. I said, okay, I can't come in the weekend. I said, are you going to still be alive on Monday? Yeah. <laughs> He says, well, I'll try. I said, well, fucking try. I will be there first thing in the morning on Monday. So I get there. First thing on the first thing in the morning on Monday, I walk in, he's asleep. Mm-hmm. His friend, his niece, and his dad are sitting there. Yeah. And we start talking, and and I'm noticing it. And they say, Oh, Don, he died 20 minutes ago. Jesus Christ. I mean, I missed him by like, I missed him by like 20 minutes. And so now I'm looking at him and he's fucking dead. Yeah. And I'm like, ah. And it wasn't like, oh, now I'm filled with remorse. It was just like, ah, there's a fucking dead body. It's yeah. Ken. Oh my God, did he ever cut his toenails? I mean, this was one of those moments. Yeah. But I couldn't just bolt. Because his dad's sitting there. Right. You know? And his dad's a sweet guy, but he's like 90 years old. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to be like, oh, fuck off. I missed him. See you guys. Ah! Uh-huh. You know, I didn't want to do that. So we started talking about Ken. I never sat down. They're all sitting on like the window seat. Ken's like, he's dead 20 minutes. Like, <laughs> could somebody come get the fucking body? Yeah. Is, could somebody just put a sheet over his fucking head? I don't know what you do, but... For fuck's sake, put some pennies on his eyes. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm standing there and I'm uh, it's so awkward because my brain wants to do the inappropriate thing, which is like, he's fucking dudes. Yeah. Like, let's wheel this motherfucker out of here. Can we cover him up with some cloth or whatever? But I don't want to be that, so I'm like talking. And all of a sudden I find myself telling funny stories. 
Uh-huh. Just like busting Ken's balls in front of his dad and his niece and his friend. And, and his dead corpse. For, yeah, and we're all fucking laughing our asses off. I tell this story about him shitting his pants in public, and we are <laughs> laughing so fucking hard. So I do this for like an hour. Because, I mean, I'm it's like a comedy routine. Because I got a billion stories, so I'm just whipping them out. Because anything but having to acknowledge that I'm standing... Next to this man that was my friend who's just deader than a fucking rock. Yeah. I'm like, what am I going to do? And then, you know, I, I bid my farewell and I left and uh, and I wrote a piece. And then I was, and then the Annoyance had a memorial and Mick Napier invited me. And I went, yeah, you don't want me to come to this. <laughs> you don't want me to come and speak at this. You really don't. I mean, not because I didn't love Ken to death. But I already know that what I will say yeah. will probably, there'll be some people that'll play with, but for a lot of people that are really bereaved, they're not going to like what I have to say because I want to celebrate the laughs. I want to celebrate the stuff that I, I enjoyed about him. I want to celebrate. So if I'm at a memorial, I'm going to tell the fun stories. Yeah. I'm not going to fight, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to, oh, he was such, because kid was an asshole. I mean, he was, you know, he was just this crotchety old dick. Yeah. And didn't like anybody. I loved him, but, you know, but I can't, you know, that's the thing is you get up and you say that. People are like, oh, but you didn't talk about the time he saved birds. Fuck you. Did he actually save birds? No, I oh, made that up. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I like to, because I've spoken at quite a few funerals and I like to tell the, the funny stories and talk about the impact that they had on my life or our life or the world if I can. And I will usually get choked up, but it's not because I'm trying to be emotional or thoughtful. It's just, it's like, as you're telling the story, like the realization for me that, oh my God, like this is it. This is all we have of this person. There's going to be no more. This is the end of the line. That's kind of a bummer. Yeah, and it just kind of bums you out. And then it's always, you know, extra weird if, you know, when you see other people crying and you realize like the pain of, you know, the the wife or the husband or the the son or the you know like that that's hard. Like one of the worst the the thing that when my grandfather, my dad's dad died, when Poppy died, one of the like the most heartbreaking things for me. I mean, among the many. Um, was when he got his diagnosis that basically the cancer had spread to his bones and it was just kind of like, like, this is it. Is Nani said to him something like, you know, who's, when they made the decision that not to have the operation and da 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 she said, who's going to take care of me? And it was just like, holy shit, like, this, this huge chunk of this woman's life is like, there's just, I mean, she's fine. She's going to be fine. She has yeah. been fine, you know, but like, <coughs> that that was even a, a thing like that's heartbreaking because there's this huge shift and you know so you, you look at it like that and that's hard but I don't know I, I guess I want some of that when I'm gone is that like Katie's like shit who's gonna take care of me and that's when some guy walks in he's like I will you know yeah, and here's I, my it, rippling it, chest that's and, the you thing know. is I, I what I would love for Dana is you know if I croak before she does you know what I'd love is some fucking ridiculously for like Joe James <gasps> to walk in like, and go I'll do it no, 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 not Joe James. And I love Joe, but like some super hot, like fucking ridiculously hot. Because I'm not her type. She likes like the Charlie Hunnam types. 
She likes those big, <laughs> tall, blonde motherfuckers. Yeah. You know, big cocks, not me, you know. So, like, <laughs> this dude would show up, and he's just, like, well hung, and he's super nice to her, and he's really good, and he's fabulously wealthy. Yeah. It's like, that's who I would want for Dana is if I die. You know, when I die, I want her to meet that guy and then have the rest of her days just in pampered, like, peeled grape motherfucking do whatever she wants, fuck off, <laughs> live in a grape. pool. Whatever you do with money. Is I, that a thing? Money. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, I just read about rich people peeling their grapes, and I went, that's the dumbest thing I ever fucking Did you, heard. Wait, bro. is that actually a thing? Yeah, people, I was like, Roman emperors used to have people peel their grapes. God, I would kill to have grape peeling money. Yeah, you know what? Your kid's going to want you to cut the crust off his fucking PBJ. It's the same goddamn thing. It just yeah, takes more time. Yeah, I peeling, mean, peeling an actual grape is what the fuck? Because yeah. it's a fucking grape. And part of the fun is them pop it in your mouth and not right. just eating the milly mush. But okay, whatever. You're Damn. rich. I don't give a shit. Damn. Do what you got to do, man. Great peeling money. That's the shit. This is the fucking funniest image. Rest in peace, Granny. Honestly, couldn't ask for a grand to better grand, but whatever. Yeah, but it's it is a picture it's of the fucking dead woman, freshly like dead. Like she is, like she's in rigor. She's just starting the rigor process. Yeah, and like her, her teenage twenty-one-year-old granddaughter, apparently, who's making a fucking kissy face into she's the doing selfie. the duck lips. Yeah, she's doing. She did a selfie and did the duck lips. And grandma looks. She's like just like brand well, new dead like like she's yeah. like her last moment was begging for a morphine drip yeah well it's when you I die her, eyes, her uh-huh. eyes aren't closed her mouth does that thing when you die where it just kind of gapes open yeah um yeah that's right it's it's <laughs> i i rough. saw this because okay so here's what happened is i saw an old a girl that i used to work with at peak six um i was scrolling through instagram one day and there was a picture a really a really cute picture of her and her husband and their baby boy who's like seven months old or some such shit and they're dressed up nice and it's like celebrating great grandpa's life check <laughs> wearing a new velour tuxedo check something something check. and i was like wait are they at a funeral yeah and it looked like they were at a funeral and i thought well that's again everybody has their own way of grieving but it's just a weird thing for me not it wasn't a selfie they asked someone to take their picture yeah. in the funeral home, in the in chairs. In the funeral home, yes. And they're smiling bright. And it's like, it's a great picture of the family, that happy little family. But I just thought, like, why not save that till you're outside or, like, at the afterward when you're having drinks and bagels or whatever the fuck non-Jews do it, you know. But it just, so I, I sent, I screenshotted the picture and I sent it to a couple other guys I used to work with. And then a buddy sent this picture of the girl with her dead this. grandma. I That's laughed so out loud. I was working at the library the day we got it, and I had to leave the library. I was laughing so fucking hard. Because, one, this poor grandmother. Two, what the fuck? Just, and three, the, the duck face kissy lip. It's just, like. All right. Well, here's the thing. This just, is the thing. Wow. That, this is the thing that's so funny is 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 we're just starting because social media is is relatively new. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. It's not even ten years old, or maybe it's just ten years yeah, old. Yeah, about right? ten it's, or twelve, sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's this is relatively new. I wrote uh, and I don't remember when this was, but this is a while back, uh a couple years ago. Um 
I just was fat. There's a documentary. It's fucking fascinating. I just want to read. This is the thing I wrote. This is actually a quote from describing <laughs> describing this. But this is the thing. Joyce Carol Vincent. She died in December 2003. Was a British woman whose death went unnoticed for more than two years as her corpse lay undiscovered in her London bedsit. She died in her bedsit around December 2023. 2003, with neither family, friends, co-workers, nor neighbors taking notice. Her remains were discovered three years later. Oh! With the cause of death believed to be either an asthma attack or complications from a recent peptic ulcer, her television was still on when they found her remains next to a stack of Christmas presents in the process of being wrapped. So what's Talk good of, is that you don't need to pay your electric bill. Apparently not in London. <laughs> Somebody was paying her. I mean, it, it, the thing is, if you watch the, the, the documentary, the documentary really is, it's so fucking bizarre wow. that this woman had so few people. And the, uh, when you watch it, she was well-liked. She was super hot. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, they all talked about how like, she was a model. I mean, all this shit. But she had so few people in her life that gave a shit about her on a day-to-day basis. Wow. She had a family. She had, a, like, sisters. and a, For three fucking years, her dead body sat in front of a television set that was on. See, that's wild, because even... That's th- fucked up. Like, I get it if it's three months, five months, six months. Maybe you only see your family at Christmas. Th- so that should go, like, a year. Like, why isn't Helen here, whatever but, her name was? But you know? here's the thing. Go one step further, because the title of the piece, if you want to look it up and read it at some point, it's on litteratape.com. It's called Digital Tombstones and Dying Invisibly in Plain Sight. Um, is The realization is that, uh, and this is 2012, 30 million users with Facebook accounts were dead. They had active Facebook accounts. Mm-hmm. But they were fucking dead. And then the question is, how often do you go through your Facebook? Like, I do this. This is the thing. Every now and again. It doesn't happen as often because I'm pretty good at culling off my, my Facebook friends. Yeah. Uh, but every now and again, it's like, it's like hey, we're going to do a bug house. Let me invite people to come to the bug house event. And all of a sudden, there's somebody that I know. Like, last year, fucking died. Yeah. And they're still on Facebook. And my... Well, the thing about it, what I think is funny, is I always invite them because it's just because <laughs> they're on there. Because I feel like a dumbass that I still do. But how creepy is that? Yeah, that online media allows that people will die. Ken Manthe still has a fucking Facebook page. Oh yeah, I've got four people I can think of off the top of my head, four Facebook friends that have still have accounts, and every now and again, no five. Five now. Um, and yeah, sometimes I'll think of them and I'll jump over to see, like, what are people posting? And it's usually like a, hey, man, really still miss you. And it's, you know, sweet stuff, but it's like, God, we... Well, but the thing is, hey, man, I really miss you. Like, the fucking dead corpse is checking his fucking Facebook from whatever afterlife there is. That's the Dude, most, what if what if that is, is what heaven re- is now? What if that is, is what the Facebook? afterlife is? is you, oh, you, fuck you. You cannot... It's just your social media. It's just it's 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 hoot sweet uh, in the clouds, man. Because I mean, it, and there's something interesting about that because that's the thing. Before Facebook, before Twitter, before social media, the internet, somebody died. Then 
once in a while, you would commemorate that death. I mean, the Chinese have like anniversaries of their of their dead. And the have Jews have yard things. sites every year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. And but you know, once in a while, you you commemorate the death. You know, it's yeah. a terrible anniversary to fucking celebrate, by the way. But celebrate their fucking birthday if you really want to. But fucking <laughs> death is that's just creepy shit. We're a bunch of weird fucks. But once you introduce these perpetual live like Facebook like Facebook funerals, yeah. Accounts. Well, they're not even funerals, they're accounts. It's sort of like you can still talk to the person. I mean, you, yeah. Ken Manthe, I can share jokes with Ken Manthe's Facebook page. Who the fuck knows who's looking at it? But, <laughs> but you know, I can do that, but he's dead. So it's it, it, what that does is it, it, delays my, it delays my process of grief, of getting past the fact that this person is gone forever because there's sort of like this bizarre digital ghost of that person still there that I can continue to kind of communicate with on a one-way basis, which is most social media anyway. Yeah. It, and I think that's, I don't well, think that's a good thing. I it's it's kind of like having a, a grave site, you know, it's like having a tombstone. I mean, like I have the, we have our family cemetery and I, you know, we'll go on, you know, say my grandfather's birthday, yeah, but a- on the day he died, you know, whatever, and... It, it's kind of like Facebook. You can stand yeah, but there, you it, can but talk if you, if you want, well, talk to the stone well, the or thing. whatever. You can go to a gravestone of someone that died, and you can sit like Rocky does with Adrian in all yeah. the movies when she's dead. You can just sit and talk to him. But how creepy and how wrong on some level that because this is social media, it's sort of like, David, you go to your your your, your loved one's grave. Yeah. And you bring your beer, you know, your forty ouncer, and you you know pour a little on top of the grave, right. and you sit down and you have a conversation. Except that you're doing it Facebook Live, so that everybody <laughs> that wants to watch you talk to your dead loved one gets to hear your innermost thoughts while you're doing it. That's fucking creepy. That's I'm gonna wrong. do that the next time I'm at the cemetery. I'm gonna do that. It's just wrong. It's like I don't know if it's wrong or right. I haven't done it yet. I'll do it. That's such bizarre then, fucking ugly voyeurism and shit. I just can't well, take but, it. And that's what a lot of it is. I mean, shit, when Ziggler died, this was in 2009, so Facebook was still relatively new to the masses. And he, his fucking, this girl that he had dated, he and his girlfriend, like long-term girl, whatever. Anyway, this girl had posted something about his death before his parents even knew. Oh my God. And I just happened to be on Facebook at the time. Oh my God. And I God. like call her. I go, Rebecca, take that shit down. There's yeah. only like seven of us that know, and his parents are not in that seven. Oh, you God need to damn. dial it back. Like, so who owns the death in social media? You know, that's the thing. Because people love to own the death. Like, they, it's, well, they want to be the first. It's not about owning the death, they want to be the first to report it. They want to be the first to say, I knew this before you did. Look at my breaking news, well, which is awful. Yeah, but there's also, there's a competition for, you know, how close you were and how, how hurt you are and how much you're going to miss them. And, you know, like, well, I just saw them yesterday. Well, I just saw them this morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there is this, it is a weird thing. And I think about that. Um because, I mean, shit, I, I'm i going to go see The Avengers tonight. And yeah. 
it's Arclight Theater, and there's a good chance that some asshole could walk in there with a gun because they, they, you know, everything's fucking sold out, and if they want to kill a bunch of people, Avengers Endgame yeah, yeah. is a good a good place to do it. See, I could die that's tonight. My, the thing is, if that's my thing. If I'm like, if I'm suddenly, whatever, I suddenly overnight become an incel and lose my fucking mind and become an, an aggrieved white guy with issues, and I decide that I want to kill a room full of people in a theater, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go get my own Infinity Gauntlet, and I'm just going to walk up in front of them and just snap my fingers and then run away. Because, you know, that's just way cooler than shooting that would, <laughs> that would be kind of funny. But yeah, like, what is the last thing that I want? I mean... I don't even know what's on my Facebook page now, but like whatever my last post was or the picture I have. Actually, the picture right now is would probably be really heartbreaking because it's cute. Like it's of me and Katie and yeah. Harry at Easter where he's drinking the Cadbury yeah, egg a, cream. It's a, it's a beautiful picture. Um, Very cute. Yeah, the last thing I posted would be just calling people knuckleheads <laughs> right. for Yo, fucking asshole. Biden. But like, yeah, exactly. It's like, all right, if I die right now, that's my last missive if, to the world, except for my I believe, which will come tomorrow, and then you'll get that'd be the last thing you read. Yeah, but like if, if your if your profile picture is the one of you doing the naked dance in the yeah. you know, with your ass showing. Which which is that's the picture I would like to have at my funeral. Yes. Because I look fucking buff in that yeah, picture, man. It's a great picture. My ass my ass looks good. I'm looking like there's no body fat. That's that's a good picture. Yeah, the lighting was kind to you. It's yeah, it was look great. And, yeah. and if you take the little heart emoji thing I put on there, you can see my balls. You can see my dick <laughs> from behind, which indicates that there's a little bit more size than I've indicated. Yeah, and that your ass has some nice lift to it. Yeah, it does have good lift. Got a good ass. I think you yeah. should change your profile picture right now, just in case. No, no, just no. In right case. now it's a picture. Now it's a picture that Data took of me on top of Binion's. I loved, and I loved the, somebody was it, the, the James, the J- John Nada, that's not his real name, but it's, he was like, you're a master of all you survey. What are you looking at? You, like, yeah. My, my wife. wife. Like, that was great. I take that back. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Because I am not the master of that I, surveillance. I think, I'm pretty sure that I put a laughy response yeah, yeah, to that. Because yeah. I literally LOL'd. You LOL. So that's like, God damn it. Yeah. So death is, death is, uh, so basically, when you die, yeah. if if I do outlive you, uh, yeah, I need to come. I need to come prepare to do nothing but but gallows humor and blue material. Yeah, or okay. or talk to Dana about it because I mean, you know, you know, my mom will get it. See, Dana won't like it though because remember when I for the yeah, April Fool's Day last year when I wrote when I killed you off. I'm, not, I'm telling you, people. Dana don't didn't like, like that. So this is, I guess the thing is, if I had a choice, which I don't, it's not up to me, but if I had a choice is if I die before everybody else, let Dana put me wherever she wants to put me, you know, Mm -hmm. make me a vase, make me a fucking... uh, Trumpet lamp. Trumpet lamp. I don't give a shit what happens, but I would just prefer no memorial service. I would prefer just, you know... Just everybody just go on with your lives. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm not going to be hurt by it because I'm fucking dead. I don't care. Yeah, but people, it's going to be, it's going to take time for people to get it because eventually we'll, we'll get on with our lives. It's just getting to that new normal. Well, then you can get on the phone with each other and talk, tell stories about me or you can write it on fucking Literate Ape. You don't have to fucking go have some kind of like $9,000 expensive thing or a fucking backyard barbecue. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> You know what? Pl- yeah. All I can say is not that I have any choice, but please don't have a potluck. 
No, that's just annoying. And if you do have a potluck, I would like it to be all recipes of shit that was made in like the 60s for suburban housewives, like meat salads uh-huh. and fucking stuff with a lot of cream sauce on it. And sure. Like casseroles. That's funny to me. Okay. If everybody's drinking like martinis and like doing it, and then they do a key swap so everybody goes fucks their neighbor, that is a suitable <laughs> end to my uh, my life. Yeah. All right. I will I will work with Dana to see that come too because I I like that idea. Yeah, it'd be more fun. Well, see that, that that way everybody's having fun, and maybe she hooks up with somebody that's like Charlie Hunnam with a great big dick and a lot yeah. of money. And at the end, everyone's like, "Why are we? Why am I fucking my buddy's wife?" Uh, oh, because Don Hall died. Oh, that's because, right. Uh, that's exactly good. Good. Uh, good. That's right. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. So my first thing is pretty obvious. Go see Avengers Endgame. Yeah, yeah. Three, I, t- I told Katie, I said... I'm seeing it said, today. Yeah, it's three hours. I've already seen it, but we haven't talked about it yet. Because yeah, we're not you have to... No spoilers. Yeah. That is one of the... Few, it's it's so fresh that anybody who does the spoilers is a dickhead, so... Well, and also, like, stay off... The, you know, avoid the risk. Yeah, I'm not even reading it. I, I, yeah, well, don't read is, shit. I, just, wrote a, I wrote a piece Thursday that was all about Endgame, but I hadn't seen it. It wasn't about the movie. It was right. about sort of the, the amazing... And I had a ton of people that were like, I, I want to read yeah. this. I, I want to read this, but I don't want to read any spoilers. And I went... I haven't seen it yet, so there's of course there's no spoilers. And they went, oh, okay, then I'll read it. Yeah, but it's like all right. So go see Avengers Endgame and uh, enjoy all three hours and one minute of it. All right, my first uh, thing is a read, and it is not actually uh, in regard to anything that we talked about, but it was something I read that I thought was really interesting. It's on my favorite website, Longreads.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it is an article by Nicole Deeker. It is called How the Self-Publishing Industry Changed Between My First and Second Novels. Okay. And it's, it is a real, for those of us that write and are into literate ape and are into, you know, publishing and self-publishing, it's a really good fucking read because it basically says she wrote this first book, self-published both of them, and the first one did very well. And self-published book standards did very, very well. Mm-hmm. Second book, like, not at all. Really? And it wasn't the difference in quality of the books. It was it, 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 it had to do with how the industry has changed. And she really has some very interesting, well-thought-out uh, things to think about in terms of those of us that self-publish. So it's called How the Self-Publishing Industry Changed Between My First and Second Novels. Nicole Deeker on longreads.com. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> all right, my second thing is also a watch. Uh, it's watch the first Avengers movie. Oh, yeah. Because it's just fucking great. Well, that's the one. That's, it's it, it, just it, so good. Yeah. God damn it, it's wonderful. Loki is a bad guy, and there's not, he hasn't been redeemed yet, and all that shit. Yep. Yeah, that's a good movie. It's a that's, good, yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Joss Whedon, man. He did it. I mean, like... Yeah. That movie, I don't know how many times I've seen it, but it's it almost gets better. Oh, it does with each viewing, and yeah. especially well, as like you I've... see, like as the universe has built, the MCU has built upon it. It's they like each get better yeah. with knowing that where things are going. I yeah. agree. I agree. All right, my second is a watch. This does have something to do with death, so uh, I will do it. Um, I want you to watch 
on Netflix, Black Summer. Okay. It is an eight-part uh, zombie show. Um, it is the single best zombie show I have seen since the first season of The Walking Dead, and it's even better than most of The Walking Dead after that. Um, the thing that I will point out what why I think it's so good is, first of all, you don't know most of the actors. Okay. So the survivors are people you don't really recognize, mm-hmm. and so it feels way more personal. Second of all, minimal dialogue. There are at least three of the eight episodes where not a single word is spoken. Ooh. It's fucking creepy. Number three, it is brutal. It's not as bloody as The Walking Dead, but it's fucking brutal. And I will only, I mean, I don't want to give anything away. It's just fucking brutal. Hmm. Like, brutal, like, 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 I had not expected it to be, because part of it is because it's, it's very up close. It's very quiet. You know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And as always, it's about how, how horrifying or noble humans are when they are faced with catastrophic horror. Yeah. And, and, so it's it, you know it, it, it's a very again nobody's nobody's blameless there's no I love that there's no heroes there are no villains mm-hmm. everybody in this movie makes terrible terrible fucking choices <laughs> in fact I will say and this is all I'm going to say I'm not going to get into the specifics of the characters but there's this one character who you meet in the very beginning and over the course you you see that he actually really is like a, a good guy like he's the guy that that is tempted to make bad choices that continually makes what we could all say sort of the moral right choice every yeah. time and you kind of love this guy you kind of go god and at one point when all hell is breaking loose um he 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 gets a sprained ankle or his leg is and he can barely go and like one of the main characters who you also go okay she's you know, she's done a lot and she's morally kind of on the right side of things. Mm-hmm. And they realize that this guy's dragging him down. And I mean, she just pulls a gun out. And it's the best part about it is he's being dragged. So you see the back of his head. You don't even see his face. Ooh. You see her just take a gun, stick it in his face, and blow his head off because they keep running. Wow. I mean, without even hesitation. It's like, and that actually made me cry because it was so abrupt. Yeah. Black Summer on Netflix. Damn. Great stuff. And it's he said it's eight episodes. Are they each an hour? No, no, no. They're all like uh, 30, 35 minutes. Oh, okay. So it's a quick... It's a yeah, quick, it's, a quick, okay. it's a quick watch. It's really good. Cool, because the, the Walking Dead has gone on way too long. I need my zombies stories concise. This is fresh. <laughs> this point. It's very fresh. All right, so my last thing to do this week, uh, it's another watch. Uh, it's watch <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Because I'm just, I'm on a fucking Marvel kick, man. I did I'm the on same a movie thing, kick, and I love Spider-Man. I think my top three uh, Marvel movies are Avengers, in no particular order, Avengers, yeah. Civil War, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Wow, okay. Yeah. Those are not the three that I would have said. What would you have said? Um, Avengers is number one, uh, but it's a very close second with Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is good. Winter Soldier is the best it's, Captain America movie. That fucking it's just paced so well. It's so smart. It's so good. And then I'll be honest with you, first Iron Man. That's good too, because because I mean it just sets but, so much up. And, yeah, and it was so much at the beginning, but it was so good. 
See, I mean, you could even say the Civil Captain America Civil War is less a Captain America movie and more an Avengers movie. That's, a, that's an Avengers movie, yeah. That's a Marvel but, crossover. Yeah. But still, but yeah, Winter it's still Soldier a great is great. Movie. Yeah, still a great movie. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's my thing. Yeah. Marvel right. movies, man. And then my last thing is going back to the eighties. Okay. My upbringing, nineteen eighty four. Yep. Um, I know that a year ago or somewhere around that time, I suggested. Uh, as a thing that people watch the first season of this YouTube original. Yep. They have dropped the season two, and I have binged watched it, Cobra Kai season two. Now, here's the thing that I love about it is the first one is more about nostalgia. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, and it it is. The first season is fun in that, oh, my God, it's so much fun seeing Johnny Lawrence and Cobra Kai come up and seeing, you know, uh, Daniel LaRusso and how he's at and all of this conflict. This second season. Okay, I'm not going (laughs) to I am not comparing. I am not comparing the Cobra Kai YouTube like, in a serious way to the Godfather trilogy. I'm not comparing it that way. Fucking do it. Who cares? But I'm going to say... Godfather's if, overrated. If Cobra Kai season two, season one was Godfather, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai season two is absolutely Godfather 2, which okay, I think is a far is, superior movie. Yes, it, it is. Really, it really... It, 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 there's so much packed in here. It's the, the gray areas between good and bad guys. It's the power of attempting to change who you are mm-hmm. and some of your internal shit, dealing with the legacy of the past, adjusting notions of masculinity in a big way. Um, it's also really fun because it takes care of all the characters... Um, in a way that makes, at least for me as a Gen Xer, pause. One of the things that I loved about this season too, and you did, I didn't expect to see it, is that you see Johnny Lawrence and you see Daniel Russo, and then yeah. the first season you see his mom, the actress that played his mom. Yeah. I mean, the only actor that's dead, I mean, really dead, is is Pat uh, Morita. Pat, Pat Morita. Yeah. And <clears throat> season two gets John Kreese. Mm-hmm. He's back. There's a whole scene where Johnny Lawrence is trying to figure out. He's re and it's it's the thing about it is this series is not about Daniel's son. I mean, it is a little bit. He's definitely he is definitely the B character. Yeah, this is about Johnny Lawrence mm-hmm. figuring out how, how to undo all the shit that was done to him that made him such a dick. Yeah, in the first, you know, he the bad guy, uh-huh. and at one point he goes to visit one of his friends who's in the hospital. And it's one of the like you remember the four guys that John, the three other guys at Johnny Lawrence and they wore the, the like his beat up buddies. Yeah, yeah. It's the actual actors that were his beat up buddies, but now they're all fucking old. Oh my god, that's amazing! And, and just sort of he sees them, and then they go out and have drinks and are at a bar where there's going to be pool, and they're discussing sort of like how bad it was and how bad John Kreese was to them and how, why are you bringing back Cobra Kai? And it's like this really brilliant... And I went, you know, they really took care of these actors mm-hmm. that were kids mm-hmm. that are now adults. They brought them in. And I am going to give you one spoiler. Okay. Um, Elizabeth Shue yeah. played Allie. Uh-huh. She is not in season two, but much like Captain Marvel, the very last shot of season two is Johnny throwing his phone, and I won't tell you why, but throwing his phone into the beach and running away and walking away. But the last message he got 
is a Facebook request from Elizabeth Shue. Oh, so shit. it's like they have set up season three, and I gotta see it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's like a Captain Marvel moment where it's like, all right, Thanos, but here's Captain Marvel and the whole thing. It's like Allie went, oh, that's fucking i can't wait yeah so it is really good and is this still on the red subscription or is yeah do they, yes, okay. it's on the red subscription okay youtube red i highly recommend it it's phenomenal okay and, and that's, that's it that's the show thanks for listening share like subscribe all that stuff and we'll talk to you next week we certainly will okay bye you can listen to the literate ape cast on apple podcasts stitcher or any place you find your podcast jones if you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com. <laughs>